The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Still lots and lots of comments coming in on the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, celebrations after their wins. Don Cherry's comments calling them a bunch of jerks. Um, And I would say right now it's split about 50-50 in Chedville about your thoughts on this, whether you support it or not. Uh, We'll circle back around a little later on in the show. Right now, though, it is our monthly segment of Fit After 40 with... Grant Fedork, the one and only from Leading Edge Physiotherapy. Hey, Grant. Hey, I think a good celly after a game is like a good uh-huh. warm down, you know? <laughs> like, let's show it, get our arms in the air, do a little movement. That's like a cool down, but it's warm. I don't know. I, I say let's celly it. So if, you, if, if you won, you should celebrate. Then hop bit. right into the ice bath I'm on you're the, good to go. Exactly. I'm on that 50 that says let's, uh, that, that they should celebrate. I think it's fun, and I think it's a, it's a connect with your, your, well, some of your fans. <laughs> Maybe your younger fans, I guess that. Hey, today we wanted to talk about bursitis. And when you said, hey, bursitis, I'm like, bursitis happens everywhere. And yeah. it is painful. Yeah. Now, what is it? It's the inflammation of the bursa. You got it. There you <laughs> so go. So what is that? That's though? why it's called bursitis. What is it, though? Ice the itis. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, it, a bursa, to keep it simple, is a fluid-filled sac. We've got them throughout our body. And they basically separate the the joint or bony prominences from other tissues like tendons mm-hmm. so that where there's a movement of a tendon over a bone for an example it's going to reduce the wear on that tendon so it's essentially like a shock absorber it's a smooth surface for it to move over and a bursitis is exactly what it sounds like it's inflammation of that bursa that fluid filled sac becomes enlarged if you were to picture it it's red hot and you can actually when they're really bad you can see them Mm-hmm. You can physically see it. It's, really? uh, you know, there's there's some common areas where they occur. Uh, we're going to be fit after 40, so I'll tell you how they can happen. But um, most common areas for them are the shoulder, particularly what we call a subacromial bursitis. Um, in the elbow, it's, it's called a subalecranon bursitis. It's like if you've ever seen somebody, the underside of their elbow, and it looks like there's a big uh, fluid-filled boggy like thing. Bump? that's Yeah, yeah right and it's big, and you can see them. They literally look like somebody's put like a square ball there and and you don't you wonder how it got like that because you know there's not a lot of tissue there you can't grab a lot but when these things fill up they get pretty big actually uh, you get them in the knee as well they're called in that area the most common ones called a prepatellar bursitis and in the hip mm. it's called a trochanteric bursitis now in that area there's a little bit more tissue so you don't really <laughs> see bit. them you don't see them as much but when they're really bad they can actually feel hot you can yeah. put your hand over the area and actually feel a temperature change. So those darn bursitis, they can they can get in the way of us uh, being fit. So what causes the inflammation? Right. So there's a few different things. The obvious cause is, is direct traumatic impact. So somebody lands hard on their elbow. when well, They might not have broken it, but that fluid-filled sac mm-hmm. can basically explode. In the knee, you know, somebody who's doing sports on their knees, uh, volleyball players, mm. pretty common, particularly if they're not wearing knee pads or if the knee pad slides up and they land hard on their knee. Football players as well, same thing, that part of their pant can kind of get high and they can land hard on the knee and that can get really swollen and angry. The other cause and, and more common in the shoulder, for, as an example, is a repetitive use or excessive stress on the tissue where you actually apply 
apply too much pressure to it by by extending your arm or moving too far or by moving it over and over and over mm-hmm. over that tissue and eventually it gets angry and inflamed. Can an infection cause bursitis? Yeah, that's number can three. You, can you tell you us are some like, research on you this? You are all over this one today. <laughs> yeah, in fact, an infection can cause it. Different types of infection can cause it, like even a gout type of, mm-hmm. uh, type of an instance. But in fact, yes, a, 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 an infection can cause a bursitis can cause bursitis. If you have a question for Grant Fedork, you can text me right now at 630-630. We're talking about bursitis. And um, how would people know without, you know, going to you, what, what would be the first obvious symptoms of bursitis. Right. So it's an inflammatory type problem. So this is a type of problem. It doesn't uh, go away with rest. In fact, most most times when you have a bursitis type problem, we tell people to rest. But, you know, because it's acutely inflamed, even, you know, at night, for, an, for instance, when you're resting, mm. the inflammation tends to collect and becomes very painful. So that would be one example. Obviously, the overt sign would be seeing it. Uh, you'd see, you know, particularly on the knee, it's called... I, I, and I won't get into it, but it's called housemaid's knee, and mm. I think that's an old '50s term. So we should drop that. But it, it, it would be from, you can say it. I'm right. Not. <laughs> it would be from somebody being on their yeah. knees for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. That's where the term came from. Um, working on your hands and knees, yeah. you know, uh, somebody a tiler. Those mm. those are the patients or the kind of people we see. But from sports, again, it's more from that impact. Or I, I can't think of a lot of sports where you're actually on your hands and knees a lot. But here's a question for you. So, for example, for in your hip. Yep. You're not super active. You're maybe 80 years old. You may be sure. 45 years old and 40 pounds overweight. How do you get bursitis? Yeah, and it can be from the lack of extensibility of the tissue across that area. Okay. So if we're not as flexible as we were. So as an example, in, in the trochanter, which is just on the outside of your hip, if you dangle your hands down and bring it halfway up and push on the outside of your hip, and that's where you've got an acute amount of pain, that's called a trochanteric bursitis. And there's an interesting piece of tissue that travels up the outside of your leg and it's called the it's called the uh, iliotibial band mm-hmm. the IT band for everybody else who all knows <laughs> or anybody who's fit after 40 <laughs> should know we in the world mm-hmm. have tight iliotibial band now when you have a tight iliotibial band it's actually it's just a piece of uh, inert tissue like cheesecloth actually that's just attached to the muscles so if you've got a lot of tightness in your outer quad or your hamstring or a muscle called tensor fascia lata if that's really tight you can imagine the bowstring effect that would have Mm. over that bone over and over and over just Mm. with normal activity. So you don't have to be an athlete to get bursitis. Anybody can get them. A slip and fall, another common one. Anybody out there that's had a fall lands, puts their elbows out or lands right on the outside of their hip you Boom. can end up with a bursitis. What bet. does the IT band do? You know, it kind of... It, it is functions. it just there? <laughs> yeah, it kind of, in a way. It's pretty important. It provides a stabilizing okay. uh, function as far as kind of keeping things in place. Whenever we've got fascia in our body, wherever there's fascia, it's just there really. It's primary role, somewhat for stability, but otherwise it's really to keep things where they're supposed to be. Is there Are there ways to not get bursitis? I mean, because I think what happens is you end up with bursitis, and that's when we see you, you're in pain is there a way to make sure that it doesn't happen in the first place well number one you can't stop it from happening Mm. where there's tissue tissue can break down i always say that Uh, but there are ways to kind of you know mitigate it or give yourself a better chance number one is proper equipment when you're playing sports 
Um, you know, this is this is an interesting one, but, you know, we all go out and play shinny hockey. It's mm-hmm. all the time. It's the favorite pastime of Edmontonians when it's not minus 40. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, even when it's minus 40, I saw the odd guy out there. But nobody puts on elbow pads. You know, if you're playing hockey and you're going to be out there with, uh, with the guys, everybody puts on the full set of gear. But going to play shinny out on the ice, nobody's uh. got their elbow pads on. And guess what you land on? Yeah. I mean, it's all the time. You land on your elbows. That's how. When you slip or you catch an edge, you're going down on an elbow and boom, you've got yourself, if you haven't broken your elbow, you've got yourself a, you potentially a good bursitis. So proper equipment is probably the number one thing people can do when they're, you know, being active out there for we, this. We've talked in the past though about stretching and you've suggested yeah. even just some morning stretches to do first thing when you get up or maybe yeah. last thing before you go to bed. Um, and they were they were fairly basic actually. Would, would doing something like that help? Yeah, I mean, and that's the common theme of this for the last year and so that we've been talking about <laughs> it. It's maintaining a level of flexibility and strength throughout our bodies that plays a role in preventing it. But, you know, our professional athletes who are flexible and strong all can get these problems okay. as well because it does happen with repetitive use as well so you know professional tennis players it, at the end of the day this is one of those things that's nice to talk about on the radio because you can do everything and still get and this still get problem okay. yeah you, you just have to basically you, you got to accept it know it recognize it and get it dealt with as soon as possible and know what to do when you do get one so yeah well so that was my next my next question for you because i think there's things that you can do at home and then there's things that you can we do can like do. going to see you sure you bet. And and number one with this is this is early on in that first 48 hours and even up to 72 hours with these ones. This is one of those problems where I do recommend ice for a little extended period of time. So this is the ice and this is also one of the NSAIDs. So Advil or if you need to see your physician and they're, they're, provi- they're recommending uh, uh, prescription anti-inflammatory, mm-hmm. it is important you take it uh, as it's directed because it can reduce the amount of inflammatory metabolites that are in the system. And there thereby reduce the pain and swelling mm-hmm. because these hurt. They get big oh, and they put pressure on things and it's not fun to have a bursitis. So getting that level down and NSAIDs over analgesics, you know, okay. because it's going to help with redu- reduction of the inflammation, whereas an analgesic just masks there or makes you feel a little bit better and ice. And when you're icing these ones, you be you be on it. You know, you ice them for 20 minutes off and on every hour and you try to be as as forward thinking with this as you can because the sooner we can reduce that inflammation in there and reduce the pressure it's putting on other structures the more likely it's going to go away a little quicker Mm -hmm. because if you leave these they can often just be become very chronic and when they're chronic we switch to eat because now we want all of that important stuff to get there we need to increase the circulation we need to take away all the old crappy boggy swelling and inflammation that's there and then we've got to you're going to probably see us because there's other things that can be going on biomechanically or stress from other tissues and that's not easy to figure out unless somebody's having a look at you so what do you do to you know uh, is it deep tissue stuff what do you what Yeah, all of the above with these ones. You're trying to reduce the tension on that tissue. So sometimes you're doing deep tissue away from the area. You're identifying what the structure is that's putting pressure there and alleviating that pressure. Mm. Stretching, light stretching, figuring out and stretching tissues around it, but not directly over it. Because if that tissue is already tense and putting pressure on it, 
adding more stretch isn't necessarily the best idea. And then obviously later on strengthening, we also have modalities. And these are those typical things that sometimes people come in and say, well, I don't know if it did anything. It's the interferential and the ultrasound. And believe it or not, anything that increases the circulation in these chronic bursitis or even the acute stage, we just treat them a little bit different with uh, our the parameters we use, will help to get that inflammation and swelling down. So anything we've got that can help with that, is going to make a difference. Grant, I think that there's this, you know, sometimes it's a never-ending uh, never circle because you want to maybe start exercising. Maybe you're not in the best shape. Maybe you go in there too hard, uh, that something flares up, you get it, or you've already had it. Maybe it's chronic and it's this bad little circle. Should you be exercising? If you have uh, bursitis, you know the it depends on the level and how how acute it is and where it is. So the answer is, um, we always encourage people to find ways to exercise around the problem. Mm. So as an example, uh, a trochanteric bursitis, somebody's not going to be the most. It's not going to be very comfortable for somebody to get on an elliptical with a trochanteric bursitis. As an example, is that a hip one or a knee one? That's the hip one. Hip one. Yeah. Yes. Remember that's on the outside of the hip. That guy. So when you've got that we might recommend somebody that's some somebody might swim or do okay. some water running there's different different activities so there's always ways the answer is there's always ways to exercise around almost every injury that you've got if you want to stay active but you definitely with these ones it's an inert tissue um, sometimes you as you exercise they actually feel better if that's your case then certainly doing moderate levels of exercise and then provide giving yourself an adequate amount of rest in between probably going to be the best advice. I have found that, um, and I've had the hip bursitis on and off. You, you know that. We've talked about uh, that. You've, you've helped treat it. Um, mm-hmm. Sleeping with uh, uh, bursitis can be incredibly difficult. Do you have yeah. recommendations on that? I found totally. the pillows, that sort of thing. Right. What do you, it, do? It, you have to relieve the pressure. Yeah. So if it's the hip, as an example, laying on that side is a bad idea. You're just, you're basically squishing an already mm-hmm. to explode water balloon, right? So we don't want to lay on that side. With the shoulder, you got to be careful you're not sleeping on that mm-hmm. side or with that arm up over your head. You're just reducing the amount of space there is for that bursa. And when you're still and not moving, that's when it becomes more inflamed. So any pressure on it on top of the increased mm. inflammation from the lack of movement isn't going to help either. So as far as sleep goes, any position that you can get into where you feel comfortable going to sleep is probably the best advice, but it's not going to be laying on it. I can almost assure you. So definitely positioning of pillows can help, yeah. especially if it's on the on the outside of your hip. You can do certain things to prevent you from rolling onto it because that's the thing about sleep. I get asked this all the time. Will I end up in this position? Yeah, you've <laughs> slept that way for how many years? We're not going to change that. Yeah. So what we can do is try to come up with strategies to keep it from getting there, that's the best we can do. Grant Fedork from Leading Edge Physiotherapy joining us in studio for another edition of Fit After 40. I will get to your questions at 6.30, 6.30 right after this. Joe Walsh or Triumph? Do you like? Which one better? Ah, Joe Walsh. Me too. Okay, uh, Grant uh, Fedork from Leading Edge Physio joining us in studio. So fire quick round here. Um, This question is bursitis for life or can it be fixed? We've talked. It can be fixed. fixed. And bursitis isn't boring. Anybody (laughs) out there who thinks it's boring, if you get it, it's not boring. It's not. It's painful. (laughs) Uh, Can you get bursitis on your hand or your wrist? 
You can. You, anywhere you have a bursa, you can end up with bursitis. Most common, though, in the wrist and hand you're, is most commonly a tendonitis. Uh, I have bursitis on the hip. The hip has been replaced, and I can't take anti-inflammatory because of a heart attack. Is there any stretches recommended to alleviate the pain? Yeah, so on the hip, after a hip replacement, those are the ones that I strongly recommend you come in and see a physio because there's things that we can show you to do. Um, stretches, you're somewhat limited in some of the stretches mm-hmm. because of the hip replacement. We want to be careful that we're not having an impact. It depends on how long ago the hip replacement was. Uh, if it was a while ago, we can give you more stretches to do than if it was recent. But certainly, uh, if you came down and see us, that is something that can be treated. You don't have to take NSAIDs. If you can take them, they can help. But we can treat these all the time for patients who uh, can't take NSAIDs. Um, from uh, Andreas, I had it once in my elbow when I was 30, but it hasn't happened since. Now I'm 60. How common is it to only get it once? Very common. Oftentimes, oh, okay. once it goes away, it goes away. Um, it, and sometimes they can take a long time to go away. The one in the elbow is an example I saw when, where somebody had to have it excised. Mm. And a, another comment is, be very careful. Be wary if somebody recommends aspirating it, and that means mm. drawing the yeah. fluid out. They also very commonly get infected, and so it's better to try manage it conservatively first. That's physio and all the other stuff that we can do before you would let somebody kind of drain it. Let's okay, put what it that about way. injections in there? Cortisone. Cortisone, bit less risky. Those are again, that's something that can be recommended if they're not going away. Conservative management is failing. Corticosteroids, they do reduce the inflammation. They can work. They have to make sure they hit the bursa. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the a kicker. tricky thing. Yeah. Um, and different topic, Achilles tendon inflammation exercises. Right. So the most common thing that's shown to people are these aggressive stretches like hanging off of stairs and things like that. Not not from me. Uh, one of the things that needs to be done there, if you're in that stage where the inflammation's settling down, then the exercise of choice we talk about is what's called eccentric exercise, which means that you're really strengthening it in the opposite direction of what it normally does. So instead of with the Achilles, that's part of the calf um, mechanism that's like standing up on your tiptoes, we would work that going downward. So you'd be up on your tiptoes and slowly lowering. Mm. That's some exercises that we typically do. Again, it's all about introducing those exercises at the right time. You try these exercises at the wrong time, you might just be aggravating it. So really it's about timing. LeadingEdgePhysio.com is the website. You can ask the physio right there. Grant will get back to you. And I also want to make sure we touch on this um, before we let you go. Man, there was an awful accident on Fox Drive over the weekend. Yeah. And uh, a young lady, a young physiotherapist that uh, that you're aware of, that you know of, was really quite badly hurt. Yeah, you know what? I This is an opportunity. Thank you, Jalen, for bringing this up and giving me an opportunity. She has a GoFundMe page. Her name is Alicia Suvini. Suvaini, uh, you know, in my in our world, it's like anybody else's. It's like one of our family, even yeah. though we don't know her personally. If I start getting a little teary here, you see, you just it really hits home. And uh, you know, particularly when these are these are injuries that we're used to seeing. They're not we're not used to seeing them amongst our own um, kind of family members like physio. So she has a GoFundMe page. The injuries we do uh, we understand are fairly catastrophic. Anything that anybody can do, she's young, she's just a couple of years out, and her fiancé, they've, you know, they've obviously got a lot of challenges ahead. Uh, as a team, we stepped up, so this would be a challenge to any other companies who are in our world uh, or any other companies who want to match. You can go, I don't need to talk about 
how much we donated, but certainly we put our put our kind of our own foot yep. forward there. So if anybody can help out and help her and her husband Matt or her fiance Matt out, that would be fantastic. Wow. All our hearts go out to her Absolutely. as well and her family. Yeah, it was uh, uh, it was that accident on Fox Drive on the weekend. It was Things happen so nasty. fast. Oh, your life can change. That's right. Like that. Grant, thank you so much. We'll chat again next month. Thanks, Jalen. I look forward to it. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.